Happy New Year. Happy New Year, friend. Ruined. <clears throat> Welcome to week 899. You did it. The end of 2022. You made it. You did it. You finished our book. You did everything. I haven't done everything. I'm finishing something else up right now. Mm-hmm. But I at least survived the year. When do your festivities begin? I don't really have anything planned. I thought you were doing something with your friend Brian. For New Year's? No. Oh, for some reason I thought you were. Uh-oh. I, uh, I haven't really gone out for New Year's past few years. I haven't since... It's been probably over five years. Yeah, I'm trying to exactly remember when it was <laughs> I did last. It might be that long for me, right? Definitely, definitely pre-pandemic. <clears throat> uh, it was good. You know, I hung out with my family. And by family, I mean my mom and my dad. It took a while. We didn't get, I mean, we didn't really, it, well, it snowed really bad. Right. And then it cleared up, but uh, Julie's Parents, uh, their their uh, plumbing line wasn't working, so they had no water. Ooh, that sucks. So we couldn't do Christmas there anymore. So we spent like a day trying to convince the parents to go to to uh, Des Moines, and we'd get them a hotel room. Did they go for that? Yeah, but it took a lot of convincing. Uh, then would they, uh, sorry, I'm drawing something. <laughs> were they just being stubborn about it or what? Yeah, I mean, that's just the way they are. Hmm. So, did that. But, it, I mean, we didn't, we didn't do Christmas until, like, Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, at least you were able to get it done, you know. Julie was yeah. able to see family and stuff, and been a nice weekend, week of doing pretty much nothing. Cool. I haven't done that in a long time. I'm trying to think. This past week's been a little blurry. I'm still coming down from the, you know, the work high <laughs> and stuff. Um, <clears throat> I've been getting some regular sleep, and that's kind of nice. <laughs> Um, my parents got me a, a new Kindle for Christmas. I thought you had an iPad. Uh-uh. Oh, well, that's good. I, um, you know, I, I like Kindles because they do one thing and they do it really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, because, I mean, for me, a Kindle is exactly what I want it to be. It's a book replacement, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I, I like the e-paper or e-ink and stuff, but the cool thing about the new ones is that they've got like a built-in lighting system. I mean, I, they've had this for a while, but I was still on like a Kindle Kindle keyboard, which I think was like the third generation or something from <laughs> back in 2010. And um, so they've been doing that for a while, but like this is my first experience with it, which is really cool because the upshot of it is that like when I go out for a smoke break on you know out front on the porch or something, I um. During the day, I've been reading instead of looking at my phone and getting mad at the news. 
Mm. Um, Good. And but the problem was, you know, especially once winter hit, the days were a lot shorter, so I, it would get dark, and I couldn't see my Kindle anymore, my old one. Um. So now I, I've actually I haven't looked at the news in a couple of days. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. It's lowered my blood pressure some, I think. You know. Your blood pressure wasn't high, was it? I think my blood pressure was doing some crazy shit towards the end of getting rock gods done. Because hmm. I was getting like weird tingle stuff, and I'd be cold in spots where I shouldn't be, and it was. Um, I think that's usually low blood pressure. But then I'd also get this like weird. I don't know what to call it because it's not like it hurt. And it's not like it was my heart was beating really fast or anything, but it would beat like heavy, like where I could feel it going thud, 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 you know. So I don't know exactly what that was all about. That's happened before. Usually, it's when I lay down to go to sleep. I guess when I get horizontal. But sometimes, like in the past month, it was happening like while I was sitting upright. Hmm. But um. So, yeah, went through a crazy... I was talking about my insurance last week. Yeah, it was thrilling. Well, I, I think I got that straightened out, but that's, I guess that's really all you need to know about that. Because <laughs> you're not all that interested in it, really, so... In your in your insurance? Yeah. <laughs> you fixed it. So, anyway, I'm drawing telepathic thought balloons. Why? Because the script called for them. <laughs> Why? And I like them. I like the little thought balloons. I do them the classic way with four whiskers. And then, and then they're kind of, you know, one big bubble, two little bubbles, one big bubble, two little bubbles, like on the border. You know? I don't know where I first saw that style. I mean, it was around, definitely in the X-Men stuff in the 80s. Was that Workman letter in it? Uh, X-Men or Zachowski? Or Zachowski. So I don't, I don't know if that was maybe a style specific to him back then. Because, yeah. I mean, well, I know there's a number of way to, ways to do them, but that's, to me, this is what a telepathic balloon looks like, you know? It's easily, like, recognizable to me. But, anyway... So how was you know once you got all the kinks straightened out how was how's your Christmas how was it? It's fine. I mean, it wasn't the greatest. Christmas is really weird now. It doesn't feel like Christmas. Yeah. You know. I don't know how. I mean, it's not magic like it was when I was a kid or anything, but it hasn't been like that for a long time anyway. Now it's just pleasant. I try to talk my parents into getting me as little as possible. Julie and I didn't get anything for each other. Really? No. I figure at this point I've got enough stuff. I don't really need more stuff, and I don't really have room for more stuff. So the less stuff I actually get, the better. The Kindle was nice because that was replacing my old Kindle, which wasn't holding much of a charge. Like, I'd have to charge it every other day. So that was fine because that's, you know, replacing the thing. But, like, I didn't need, I don't know, another kitchen appliance or something, you know? Something I, I wouldn't have any room to put anywhere and actually use anyway or whatever. But, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, my brain's still a little weird. <laughs> kind of slow feeling. Um, weird things been happening with FedEx lately, besides them just being completely unreliable. Like what? They broke in? <laughs> yeah, they just, I, you know, they were supposed to deliver something, and they just, you know, I walked out in the living room, and they're sitting there drinking coffee. I'm, I don't know what's going oh. on. I don't even what? have coffee in the house. I don't know how it got here. What is their problem? I don't even have a coffee maker. But they were using my mugs. Those little bitches. I'm saying, man. You need to kill them. No, it, it seems like, um, I don't know if they're doing it as an opt-out thing or something, or if they're offering it for free. Or I, I don't know, but the, it seems like every FedEx thing I've gotten in the past week has required a signature. And I'm like, well, this is weird, right? <laughs> you know? Especially for things that are like under a hundred dollars, like why would you need a signature for it? Weird. And then, but the weirdest thing was, is I got something today, and it was a signature required thing, and they just left it on the porch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to how these people do anything. That's just life now. I really don't understand FedEx because they used to be the mm. one I preferred. Because it mm-hmm. used, used to be like UPS was kind of flaky and USPS was slow, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that's just been a weird thing that's going on. Don't know how to explain it. That's some bullshit. Um, have you ever installed a door handle? Uh, yeah, I have. Like a door handle on your door? Oh, no, a door handle on my f- butt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, drawers have handles too, and, and, well, and that, cabinet dra- doors have handles. Well, that would be a drawer handle. Well, doors on your cabinets. Well, that's still a door, but yes, an outside door handle is what I'm saying. I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. And um, my parents start flaking out like you can't get in from the outside anymore. <laughs> and I, I watched a couple of videos like a month or two ago, and I thought I had it fixed, and it worked. Worked pretty well, but then it gave out again like a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. You know, we'll just order a whole new door handle and put it on. It shouldn't be that big a deal because I, I took this other one apart and put it back together again. So we ordered one, and then I, I got it today. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I have to drill additional holes. This isn't just going to fit back into the one that was already there. You know? Really? Usually they're made for, like, general stuff. I think the main, like the the big door hole where the latch is, I think that'll be fine. But it's one of those ones that's like, it's got a big handle that extends down, you know? Like a fancy looking door handle. Hmm. And um, on the previous one, it just screwed right into the door. But this one, you have to drill through and it's like a, a metal post that goes through to the inside of the door. And then you t- like fix it on, like screw it in on the inside, like inside of the door, you know? Some special thing about this handle? I don't, it was weird. I didn't expect it because I just figured, well, these are all going to be pretty much interchangeable, right? <laughs> you know, I knew I should have bought the same model as the one that was on the door. They had a Schlage, Schlage, Schlage. I don't know how you say that, but it, it, it's like a common brand of door lock and door handle stuff. And I should have just bought the same thing, but my mom was like, when I was giving her options, she was like, "Well, let's go with the Amazon Basic," and I'm like, "All right, that's fine. It mm. probably worked just as well," you know. So now I'm wondering if I should just send this thing back and get the one I should have got, or if I should attempt drilling holes. <laughs> you know? I don't know. 
the thing I got a door I got one of those electric electronic door knobs with like a keypad yeah okay. and it was real easy to install because if I could do it then it's a real easy because yeah. I can't do things like Julie's up we went to Ikea today because she wants this big huge like it's not a built-in but it looks like a built-in kind of wardrobe drawer door cabinet thing fancy upstairs and uh so she went and bought all these pieces and she's upstairs building it i asked her i was like i can help she's like no get away <laughs> she went on mama bear on it yeah so she's upstairs building things because i'm not allowed to build things <laughs> did you do models when you were a kid uh, I did not have the patience for it. I did build a couple of snap-together models, but when glue was involved, no. Did you, like, paint them, too? Uh, I did not paint anything. You never really got into, like, D&D miniatures or anything, right? Like the little lead figures? Uh, I, I like them, but no, I never got into painting them. I just wondered. I never did the D&D miniature stuff, but I used to build models when I was younger. problem with models is eventually you run out of room. (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's like having toys uh, that you don't actually play with. You just display them. You you run out of places to put them to display them. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I have any of the models anymore. I have a Klingon cruiser, I think, and a USS Enterprise that I built. I might still have those. That Enterprise was fancy, too. It had, like, little lights that you had to install and stuff. Mm. I remember that. That was fancy. But, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't real good at it, especially at first. I mean, you know, sloppy glue all over the place. and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it gets on you. Terrible paint, you know. For a minute, I was taking because I had a couple of different, like, car kits and stuff, so I would mix and match parts and create, like, custom cars. (laughs) You know? Yeah. That was back in the days when I was also, like, taking apart my G.I. Joes and swapping heads on different bodies and creating, like, you know, custom Joe stuff. But I was a kid then, so... I remember people customizing the the Joes. Well, it was cool, because, you know, you could take, like... I don't know, Hawk was supposed to be the leader, but he was in, like, this boring green uniform, right? You know? Yeah. So, so you could actually, like, take Duke apart and put Hawk's head on Duke's body <laughs> and make him look cooler. I think his head was smaller, though, so it looked weird. Or, like, um, you know, if you had a couple of different, uh, I don't know, extra snow jobs or something, you could swap heads and give everybody a snow outfit if you were doing a winter mission. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Stuff like that, you know, it was fun. I'm sure, you know, that obviously wasn't what Hasbro intended. <laughs> but, plus you had to learn, you had to learn how to take your G.I. Joe's parts so you could fix the O-ring, because it was broke a lot, too. Yeah, I, yeah. Most, most, uh, I'm assuming most companies are against customizing. Well, sure, they want you to break it and buy a new one. You know? Or they want you to 
buy whatever new variant they came out with. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things, though, that did make Joe's, that gave Joe's an edge over Star Wars toys, because you couldn't do that with Star Wars toys, unless you, like, hacked them off and glued them or something. Because they were all, like, up yeah, straight, armed, and legged. And they were all of a piece, or not of a piece, but they were, like, they weren't fastened together with screws, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. It fired the imagination. It did, it did. It was like, you know, Doug Henning was right there on your shoulder. Oh, imagination. Am I getting that right? Power of the mind. That's the guy I'm thinking of, right? The magic guy? Yeah, yeah. yes. Wasn't he a magician? Yeah, but, you know, he was he was firing the imagination. I'm firing the imagination. I don't think that's actually anything he said, but you know what I'm saying, though. I'm like, Imagine. Imagine me on fire. <laughs> He kind of looked like Freddie Mercury. A little bit. But with a lot more head hair. Gallagher, if, if Gallagher and Freddie Mercury were the same person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you ready for next year? Uh, well, I'm never ready, really, for next year. <laughs> I think um, I'm going to, you know, make sure I get some stuff done next year. That I didn't get anything done this year. Well, you know, aside from working on comics, not much. I haven't even cleaned my house in months, like mm. vacuumed and stuff. You know, but I want to get back on a regular housekeeping schedule. I want to get rid of some stuff that in 2023 because uh, back to stuff again. I've got too much of it. You know, I'm finally going to get rid of that old Chevy Nova that I got. This, this, this is your, your these are your your aspirations. Yeah, well, it's just sort of, you know, I got a list of work plans. Like Your New Year's aspirations. Sell stuff on Reverb and eBay and Craigslist. and I need to sell some stuff. Yeah, I need to write these down. I want to get rid of all those all those old long boxes of 90s comics that I got. I need to get rid of, I have these, like, old uh, Harley Quinn uh, comps. I need to get rid of those. Yeah, I want to get rid of the comp books, too, because they're taking up too much room. Maybe sell some of these guitars. I figure maybe with the comps, I'll put them in runs and sell them as, like, run packages, maybe? Yeah. And with my older comics, I think I'm going to keep the ones that I've still got from when I was younger, which is just about one long box, where I've got, yeah. like, my long shot miniseries and stuff like that, you know? But, um, but I, I think I'm going to get rid of the rest of the long boxes for whatever I can get for them. And I've got a pile of stuff that it's my eBay pile for just you know odd electronic bits and music gear and stuff like that. Yeah, I should decide what I'm gonna do. Like, what do you mean? For the rest of my life. Um, that's a big question, dude. Yeah, I have to ask people to give me a job. I don't know, man. That's you know. Will you pay me to work for you? Uh, if I come into some money, sure. Or mm. if I think I have a really great idea that'll make us a bunch of money. Hmm. Maybe I'll try to write a book this year. Hmm. That's a big deal. That's something I've been wanting to do, and I keep putting it off because I got that thing where I'm, I'm afraid to start because I'm afraid, even though I know the first couple of things I do at least are going to be crap. 
I'm afraid to do it and see the crap. You know? Mm-hmm. At least that's what I'm led to believe anyway, is that mostly everybody's first couple of tries aren't very good. Mm-hmm. But then you see somebody like Terry Brooks who comes out of the gate with the Shannara book, and it's like a hit. You haven't seen what he's done that's not good. That's true. I don't know. I mean, that was his first... As far as I know, that was his first published work, though. Mm, he did other things. Yeah, well, he was like a... Not a sports writer, but I think he was some sort of like media writer before that. He's done stuff. But, you know... Or you got those people that, that write one great novel, and then that's all they ever do. No one comes from nowhere. Well, it's true. It's true. But, um... You can do it. It's like... it's Even you. It's that weird thing that ties into, like... You know, you've heard people say something to the effect of, like, it's not... Ideas aren't important. Everybody's got ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the execution of them, like, whether you're making a comic or a piece of art or, or whatever. Um... I I would say it's both of those together, but yes. Well, right. I mean, you have to have an idea, but it doesn't... How do I want to put this? Lots of people have pretty good ideas. Yeah, ideas are... Ideas are overrated. Right. Just having a... You know, and and, and some people think they have a fantastic idea, and, and everybody else is like, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. When somebody describes you their story, and you're just sitting there listening and going, uh-huh. And they're wondering why you're not freaking out right now. <laughs> and that's kind of, that was that was pretty much every Blaylock project, wasn't it? <laughs> Just some deadpan describing it to you, and you go, uh huh, uh huh. And he's like, I don't get it. Why are you not freaking out right now? How great this idea! Is. <laughs> well, it could be in the presentation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or like you know, I've I've seen this happen a lot, where you you get the person that's not a a writer or whatever but they're trying to convince a writer to write their idea. Yeah. And they're, like, super enthused about it, and all, all they need to do is convince this writer to actually write it for them. And it's like... You know, I've had several ideas that I'm like, this would be a great story, and I still believe in them that I've told other people to do just like that. <laughs> I was like, you need to do this, because I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've given, like, ideas away before. But, you know, nobody cares about something the way you care about something, so... Sure, and and that's part of, I think, you know, where if you do actually write it, then... How do I want to put it? <laughs> you know, I don't know exactly where I'm going with that, but, you know, when you have an idea and you execute it yourself, then that's more likely to be your vision of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean to say. Because, I mean, even if I do explain an idea to somebody else and they go off and, and actually do it, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. I mean, hell, half the time, sometimes like I'll I'll be working on stuff and it doesn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, but it's like just being in control of your idea doesn't even necessarily mean that you're going to execute it to the yeah. degree that you want it to. Or in the direction you want it to, I guess. But, it's yeah. called collaboration. So, I mean, I, I jot ideas down and stuff so I don't forget them entirely. Like, if I think they're worth remembering, sometimes I just get dumb ideas. And I'm like, that's not even worth thinking about anymore. <laughs> it made me laugh for a second, and that's about it. You know? But, uh, like, can I tell you my idea for a cooking comedy? 
No. Um, okay. Fine. But it's got wordplay. It's clever. You really have an idea for a cooking comedy? Well, roughly. It's more like I have a title and a rough idea of what I want to happen in it. Hmm. Which I guess is the elevator pitch, right? Yeah. But it all came from looking at a map. A map of Ohio, Mike. I'm going to tell you about my idea. This is how it goes. This is how it goes, people. Pay attention. I'm kidding. I, I won't bore you with it. What is it? I won't tell you about my dreams either. Tell, do it. You already did it. Now, pe- this is. What do you think this is that we're recording? Now, people want to know. No, it's such a great idea. If I put it out there, somebody will take it. They're not going to take it because it's your idea. You just said it's your idea. Well, they're also you not going to take it. You have it on tape. Tape? You're old. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying. <laughs> They're also not going to take it because it's pretty dumb, dude. It just makes me giggle when I think about it. <laughs> well, that means it's not that good. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why they're not going to take it. But uh, anyway, moving on. So you're not doing anything for New Year's, huh? No. Why? Do you want me to? Um, you know, it might be nice if you got out every now and then. Stop bossing me. Hang around with friends and, and colleagues and stuff. I don't have any friends. You've got friends. You've got a friend. I don't have friends. Sure you do. No, I don't. Who? You must. Name, name one friend. Uh, that, that guy that follows Wilco around. Uh, he won't talk. He hasn't talked to me in like like months. Oh. I've been sending him texts asking him how he's doing. He doesn't reply. Maybe he's dead. I hope not. Well, I How hope do not I find to... out? Because that's like his number. Google stalking? I'm not Google stalking my friend. Well, just Google his name and see if an obit comes up. Oh, no. I, now I don't want to do this. That sounds terrible. That I'm, sounds... I'm sorry. I went right there, too. <laughs> oh, now I'm worried. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. That came out of my mouth before I realized the ill wisdom of it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. What about people at Four Star? They're your friends. No, they don't like me. (laughs) Oh, Mike. I am shaking my head at you. SMH. Um, I've been watching a bunch of pre-World War II movies again. Like, made before World War II, or about life before World War II? Actually, made before World War II. Um, or just on the cusp of our involvement with it, like, 41, 42, you know, stuff like that. I, uh, there's this really good one. I've seen it before, but I decided to watch it again, because it came up in my queue, or my list. It was called My Man Godfrey. It had William Powell in it, and uh, Carol Lombard. And it was from 1936. And unlike a lot of the movies I watched around then, where they seem to like really kind of glorify rich people, mm-hmm. this one was making fun of them. And I, I can appreciate okay. that. It was basically showing them as being ridiculous and, and, you know, ditzy and silly. Interesting. And, um,. And, of course, you know, it's got a good cast and stuff, too. But it, it also had, like, kind of a moral thing to it. Because 
I, I don't remember the exact line, but at one point, um, he's because he starts out he's he's a what they call a forgotten man, which just a you know homeless dude, mm. and um, he's talking to this other person he knows, and he's like, you know, the only difference. I'm going to get this wrong, but basically the only difference between, you know, us and, you know, a person that's on their feet or whatever is a job, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he winds up, it, it's a convoluted story. It's what they call it. Um, oh, they had a particular name for this style movie, like screwball comedy or something, but it, um, was it a screwball comedy? Well, it's funny. It's funny, but it had, had like actual, you know, um, bigger meaning to it like like a serious meaning to it mm-hmm. but you know anyway so he starts off with this and, and Carol Lombard comes along she's part of a scavenger hunt which I didn't know scavenger hunts were invented in the 30s hmm. I just kind of thought they were always around you know? I did not know this either but uh because I, I looked it up because in the movie they're like I'm, 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 on a, I'm on a thing called a what they call it again a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. I'm like how did you not know what a scavenger hunt was I mean we there was a Boy Scouts all the time, or Cub Scouts. Interesting. Um, so I went and looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, that's because they were brand new in 1936." <laughs> so I learned something. Um, but anyway, so she's on a scavenger hunt, and one of the things she has to find is a, a forgotten man. And she stumbles across William Powell. And that's a scavenger hunt thing. It is for rich people. It's kind of oh. like a really soft, most dangerous game. Yeah, really soft, most dangerous game. <laughs> You know, that's funny. A super soft, oh, most dangerous that's game. Not, not funny, but it is funny. But yeah, so he was one of the things they had to find. And um, first, her sister finds him, and she he pushes her into an ash heap. And then he gets to talking to Carol Lombard, and he decides he wants to see what this is all about, and goes back with her, and she wins it. And then she offers him a job to be their family's butler because they just lost their butler. Mm. But and it turns out during the course of the movie that um, Godfrey used to be a part of a rich family and something happened with a woman and he wound up losing all his money and you know became a homeless person but he's actually like you know actually educated from a wealthy background and so like he kind of it's one of those things where he he helps change the family for the better I guess you'd say Mm. but he also manages to make enough money to start up buy up the dump that he was living in (laughs) because they were living in an actual dump at the time and uh, buys up the land that the dump was on and opens up a restaurant and employs all the other homeless guys so that they can get a leg up and get back on their feet again. And that's what I'm saying. It was a good moral message, you know? Hmm. I liked it. It's a really good movie. I think it won, like, a bunch of awards when it came out. So. One of those classic pieces of cinema, as it were. Classic cinema. But for every one of those, you have something like, I don't know, the crystal ball, which was a piece of fluff where this lady shows up in New York with 38 cents to her name and makes friends with a uh, card reader, not a card reader, palm reader, and uh, winds up having to sub in for her. And then she meets this guy while she's in costume with a face mask thing on and and steers him towards where she can meet her, meet him again in real life in her normal clothes. (laughs) It's just a weird movie. It wasn't terrible. It was just, like I said, fluff. You know, Not really anything you remember. And I find out that <laughs> I don't think I really like Bob Hope all that much. Really? Yeah. I thought he was funny when I was a kid, but I, I watched a couple of Bob Hope movies now, and they're alright, but 
What is it that you don't like about them? Just kind of boring. Mm, okay, yeah. I mean, that, I guess that makes sense. It's not, okay, so it's not that I dislike Bob Hope with any kind of like intensity or passion or anything. Yeah. No, you really dislike them. It's just I think, like I watched uh, On the Road to Bally and... Uh, yeah, something about Africa. Not Africa Screams. It's Abbott Costello. But there, there was a movie about Africa or whatever. And it's like, eh, they're okay. But they're not like super insightful or anything. And the music numbers aren't that great. Even the one with Bing Crosby uh, on the road to Bally. You'd figure like a Bing Crosby movie would have like good musical numbers. Bally or Bali? Bali. Bally. Whatever. How do you take a road to Bali? Isn't that an island? Uh, maybe in this sense, on the road to is just the figurative I'm traveling. Mm, I guess. I could be wrong. I don't know anything about Bali. No, because I took a boat. But I think the road is just the general figure of, or turn of phrase for traveling. I'm on the road. Much like Jack Kerouac. But, um... The whack. That's what they used to call it, Kerouac. The whack. The wiggity whack. Don't you remember? They used to call him the whack. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, me and him were partying on motorcycles. Mm, I knew that about you. While we were riding, I'd, I'd holler over at him, Hey, whack! Yeah, and then he'd crash? No, then we'd turn off and get some beers at a roadside. Mm. And then get they, back. they made Easy Rider about you guys. Well, it, I didn't want to ever bring that up, but yeah. That's what I thought. You and the whack. What did the whack call you? Crank. That's what everybody oh, calls me. right, I forgot. You already have a perfect <laughs> Crank and the whack. Yeah. Now, that could be a 40s movie where I'm interacting with a woman's right. air core. Whack the crank? No. Something like that. Anyway. So, uh... Yeah. Um... But it's, like, really interesting watching these movies that are this old. I I think I've talked about this before, but... It's kind of like when I was reading those really old books from the 1800s and stuff. It's long enough ago... That I understand the language that they're using and the word, you know, like there's yeah. nothing, nothing I have to look up or anything. But their lifestyle was so different, mm-hmm. even their imagined lifestyle, which is what these movies are, because really none of them are real, right? Didn't you have this problem when you were reading what's her face's books? Um, yeah, what's her face? <laughs> but the, I mean, old, the old lady. That's what I was saying. Like those, those were more of a not just a, Dickinson. Was it Dickinson? Emily. Emily Dickinson, was it her? Or uh, who's the one that wrote um, Pride and Prejudice? Is it a Dickinson or a Bronte? Bronte. I think that was Bronte. Wasn't it? I don't know. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm looking it up. But yeah, I mean, it's a similar problem to those, where, but with those, it was also uh, Jane Austen. That's who that was. Austen. It's the Austen. Right. I, sh- I should have known that. Because I read a bunch of Jane Austen. Stone Cold Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. Stone Fox Jane Austen. Stone Fox Jane Austen. Yep. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that about. But, I mean, with those, it was not only a a way of life difference, but a lot of the language was hard to understand as well. Yeah. Just the way they used it, you know. It's Uh, a new way that you use it! (laughs) Exactly. Didn't I, haven't I sung that on here before? 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure I've brought this song up. Probably you have, yeah. It's in the way that you use it. Yeah. Smooth Mike. No. Mikey Smooth. Mikey Smooth? That's an Eric Clapton song. We're not supposed to sing Eric Clapton anymore. Actually, it's, it's Mikey Smooth, like S-M-O-O-V. Smooth, oh, smooth. oh. Mikey Smooth. Like J.B. Smooth? Yeah. Why aren't we supposed to sing Eric Clapton? Because he's uh, a dumbass. I know he was when he, he was anti-vaxxing and stuff for a while there, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, 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 he's a, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, xenophobic racist, too. Oh. That's a disappointing word. It is, isn't it? He's done a lot of work that I appreciate it. Yeah. Knows how to play a guitar. That's the truth. I mean, hell. In hell? He knows how to play a guitar <laughs> in hell? No, I said, I mean hell. I, Cream got me through uh, you know, some of my teens. Really? Cream did? I like Cream a lot, dude. 75 years old? What? <laughs> Are you 75 years old? No, I just discovered Cream in my early teens. Oh. And listening to uh, uh, Wheels of Fire, man. I spent probably a couple of summers with that tape on, in, like, on regular rotation. Mm. And I still listen to it. Every now and then, but not as much I as I did. I don't think you do. I don't, I don't think you do. Mike. What? Press Rat and Warthog have closed down their shop. They didn't want to. It was all they had got. Uh-oh. Selling Eternal Apples and Amplified Heat. Oh, no. And Press Rat's collection of dog legs and feet. Oh, I don't like this. I still, oh. I still remember songs from Wheels of Fire. Is that a Jack Bruce or a... I th- yeah, I think that was Jack Bruce. Yeah, it sounds like a Jack Bruce. It was just a weird, goofy song. You're a Jack Bruce. I wish, man. He was an awesome bass player. Do you like Jack Bruce? Yeah, good, fa- like a good voice and stuff too. He did. He did have a good voice. Wait, is he dead now? I don't know. Is Jack Bruce dead? Um, I think it's time to look that up because mm-hmm. I don't know if he is or not. It's hard to keep track anymore. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, oh, he died in 2014. Uh, Rosario Diodato just died. Really? Yeah. I kept seeing that. That was one of the things I'm glad I haven't been looking at the news lately is because it's the end of the year. You keep seeing lists. Well, a couple of people just died here at the end, so. I, um. But, like, one of the lists I kept seeing posted was people we lost in 2022. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, man, I don't want to be around. I, I hope we find them in 2023. Well, you know, it's possible. Rapture, right? They come back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Wow. He was seventy-one in twenty fourteen when he died. Yeah, he's old. Old people getting old. Old yeah. people are gonna old, man. That's one of the leading causes of death. It's getting old. And you're lucky if that's your cause of death. I think, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, Danny DeVito said in Jumanji, getting old is a gift. It is a gift. Getting old is a gift. Yeah. Not everybody gets there, man. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a weird Everybody's one. turning older as we speak. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, every minute, right? <laughs> My buddy Ron's birthday is today. He's 50 today. He's born on New Year's Eve today? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
I always thought it was kind of a bummer for people whose birthdays were like on or right next to holidays. Yeah, my my friend Gina, her birthday is the day after uh, Christmas. Yeah. So it's like nobody's gonna have a party for you, right? <laughs> They're already Christmas out, man. Yeah. And so of course, like of course, people with birthdays that close, their birthday gets like absorbed into the holiday. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just uh, I don't know, you know, especially when you're younger. I guess now it wouldn't matter to me if my birthday was like right on a holiday. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Nobody buys me anything anyway. But the um, I got him. Uh, I got a bunch of people to make happy birthday videos for him like I did my own private cameo for him oh yeah yeah so I got like Joel Hodgson and Jonah Ray and Marty Wilson Pipers all film videos saying happy birthday to him <laughs> that's cool yeah I thought that was neat um did you give it to him already yeah yeah he got it already how do you react <laughs> oh he really liked it well his mom got like a bunch of his family to do it and I was like well I'm going to do it but I'm also going to get these guys to do it too <laughs> so so he got I don't know probably got like 20 people saying happy birthday to him happy 50 happy 50th nifty nifty Ron's 50 he is 50 I'll be there in 6 months I'll be there I, um, am I 49 this year? Uh, yes. You are a year younger than me. So wait, you're 49 now and I'm 49 now. Is that Yep. Right? I can't remember. Wait a minute. 74? <laughs> you just turned 49 in November. 74 to 2022. I'm 48. Oh, you're not 49 yet? I'm 48. You just turned 48? Right. Oh, I didn't right. know you were that much younger. 74 to 2022 would be 48. Mm. Man, that's weird that I don't know that. I just don't know that. I have to think about it. Jim's turning Jim's turning 49 next week or something like that. Jim. Terry. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the, oldest, the oldest 49-year-old ever. He, he, he wasn't already, like, in his 50s? That's what I see. I always think he's way older than me, and he's not. He's a year younger than me. Wow, it's really annoying. Actually, no, he's happier. He's like, he's uh, like I am to Ron. He is to me. No, yeah. huh? <laughs> yes, yes. He's six months younger than you. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Not even a year younger than me. Yet he acts like he was born in 1957. Huh. 57 was a good year. At least for cars. He's just an old man. He wants to be an old man. Like Fred Savage. Fred Savage wanted to be an old man? No, that's not what I'm thinking of. Hold on. Somebody, it was a TV show's character, and, and he was young, but he always acted like an old dude. <clears throat> uh, For some reason, Fred Savage was the one to pop into my head, but I don't think that's Ricky him. Hauser? No. I don't know. If it's important, it'll come to me later. But, young uh, Sheldon? Maybe? 
I don't know. No, I never really watched that show. Yeah. I, I, I know enough you, about it to know who you're talking I about. I want to murder you. What? I'd murder you if you watched that show. Why? Because. My parents liked it. No. I, you know, I've seen parts of episodes because it was on while I was at my parents' house. But Silence! I'm tired of your crap! It was never really my thing. It wasn't my bag, baby. It's not my bag. <laughs> uh, that's another thing. I'm, I'm gonna. I've got a whole bunch of projects. Sorry, I'm, I'm dipping back to what we were when we were talking about. If I'm ready for 2023, I've got a bunch of projects. I started like crafty shit that I'm finally gonna finish. Are you gonna make you making more uh, drapes for your windows? No, I'm gonna finish that little tiny uh, amp. Remember, I, I told you earlier in the year I was building a little tiny cabinet, amp cabinet. That's when you told me to start my own company. I, they might have been close to the same time. I don't know. It might have been on the brain, you know. But um, I, I had started that, and then I got busy and put it to the side. I've got a base modification I'm doing. So which base? One of the uh, Japanese SG knockoffs that I've got. I'm going to... Ch- I, I've already changed out some of the hardware, but I'm going to change out the pickups and stuff and do some other things to it. I'm going to kind of get it closer to spec for, like, you know, a Battle Pug base prototype. Are you really making a Battle Pug base? Well, I don't know what else I would call it. <laughs> it might as well be. Because, you know, it's it's got two horns, it's metal, it, it's, you can't get much more metal than an SG base, you know. That's true. And, uh, so, you know, Battle Pug seems to fit, right? Yeah. Because it's short, it's a short scale, so it's like a pug. And it's metal, <laughs> and it's metal, so it's a, it's a battle pug. I mean, I could go just call it the pug, but you know. Um, but I, I figure I'd work on the hardware aspects of it first before I try to tackle a paint job. But that's one of my projects, and I got to do minor modifications to some of my other instruments, like uh, messing around with truss rods and, and finally getting intonation perfect on some of them, stuff like that. I want to get better at everything. I will settle for being good at everything. (laughs) Like, or decent at everything, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know, you know, man. 2023. I got a synthesizer I got to repair. An old string machine, you know, like, string synth. And uh, I've got songs to record. I'm going to record music this year, damn it. Me too. I was supposed to be doing that this week, but I've just been practicing a lot. Well, you know, you're in your relaxation period in between things. And it's the holidays. Holidays are a good time for that. But yeah, so I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to actually record. I'm going to, that's one thing. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. I'm actually going to record an album worth of stuff this year. Whoa! Are we, are we doing it together? Oh, maybe then I'll be doing two albums worth of stuff. I'll be your bass man. I pressure gardening back together again. I'll be your bass man. And I drummer, I guess. <laughs> Maybe keyboard player. Um, because there's stuff, especially wow, man, I'm gonna have to do a few albums now. That I think about it. Because I got different styles of stuff I've been plunking around with. What? Well, I got all that finger style stuff I was doing on acoustic. And then um, I've got, like, 
electric stuff that I want to do, and I got some keyboardy stuff I want to do, and some of that can overlap. But there are some things that I just don't think would fit on an album with some of the other stuff stylistically, unless I just intentionally made it an album of different styles. I guess. I wish I would have figured out how to be a studio guy when I was younger. What does that mean? Like a session player, you know. So you wish you knew how to do everything. Well, that I, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like I I've, I bounce around in styles a lot when I write and when I play stuff, which means a lot of stuff just sort of sits on a demo tape or you know not even that just sits as a couple of riffs that I recorded just so I remember it. Um. Just because whatever else I'm working on, time it doesn't fit in with it, you know. I was talking about style with uh, Andrew the other day because I was the only one in the studio, and uh, he was asking me about when I uh, realized what my style was. And you said it was freestyle. And I said, I don't think I have one. Oh. And uh, and then I forgot that he's real young, and real young people are really obsessed with their style. I, I guess everybody is, right? I mean, you when you started drawing, you were trying for a style and stuff, right? Yeah, but that's the... In essence, I had this discussion with him. I was like, that's the worst time to, to, to looking for your style when you're young because you don't have one. Right, you're developing your style. For just for the sake of talking about it, the difference between style and technique. Yeah, that that is a big difference. Cuz this is what I told him. I think your style is the absence of technique. Your style is how you execute your technique, right? Yeah. Well, your or or cover up what you can't do. Okay, I'll accept uh, that. I forgot. I forgot which art. I've said this for years now. I forgot which artist I saw write this down, but it's perfect. It's like your style are your style is the mistakes that you make. Your style because if you held up, so say. You have the perfect drawing or the perfect song. That is your that is your baseline. That's and so everybody else compared to that. That's your style. So you're not going to play the perfect song. But how do you mess it up? That's your style. How do you mess up? That's the uh, yeah the flaws. Yeah, your flaws are what make you. And nobody looks at it that way. Everybody looks at it like the stuff. People think of it as the thing that they're doing right, but that's not what it is. Like, oh, I have this unique way that I bend a string, or this I have this unique way that I I shade a lot of black. But why do you do that? You do that because it was comfortable to you. You thought it looked good compared to how you did it when you were trying to do it the quote-unquote straight way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your your mistakes are your style. And I wish more people thought of it that way because I think they'd be more daring. Of course, you know, I would have... I didn't notice that. I'm 50 now, as we've been discussing, and I'm just now really... 
getting into this idea of that. Well, I would add to that, too, besides being mistakes. I mean, there's things that make up your style are also, like, personality quirks. But that that that's all the same thing. When I well, say mistake, I don't mean the thing you're doing wrong. I mean the well, right, thing but that's what you're saying. not doing perfect. That's but, but that's what you're saying, though. You know, I'm I'm trying to kind of put a, a clarification on that, I guess. You know, because some of it's not it's not that you're doing it wrong. It's just this is your preferred way of doing it. Yeah, but and yeah, that, that doesn't mean it's wrong compared or, to a perfect thing. Yes, you are doing it wrong. Well, what is a perfect thing, though? I'm just using an example. Say perfect. There isn't. Nothing <laughs> is perfect, but let's say <coughs> the AI generated. Oh, those certainly aren't perfect. <laughs> perfect piece of art that has no mistakes in it. Uh, those. It doesn't exist, but say that hypothetically it does. Yeah. You can never achieve that. Why would you want to? But what do you do to try and attempt it? And what are the uh, the corners that you cut? And what are the things that you uh, uh, what do you say you uh, compensate for in order to make uh, make other people notice that you can't do that? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, th- I think we're just saying it differently. I'd also add too that want to say mistakes. I, I would also add too that you know. It's very likely your style is going to change over time, <laughs> which is another reason not to try to settle on something when you're early into it. Because even like the greats, like you'll see their style change and evolve and stuff. Sometimes it changes completely. Yep. I mean, sh- shit, look look at Joe Jackson's career, you know. Um. I also said that I'm not the one that would be the best judge of my style. You're in it. You can't really. Somebody else has to tell you, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, because a lot of it's not um, not arbitrary. Uh, I mean, well, a lot of it is arbitrary. <laughs> but it is arbitrary. I brought up uh, a lot of it's not. Um, it's not absolute. You know, like I brought up Sean Dove, who has like a. He draws very outliney, but he also has this thing where he there's a certain pen in Photoshop that he likes so much, and he's like, it has this rough edge, and it makes it look. And I was like, it looks exactly like how you do without that pen. You just don't see it because you're in it. It's kind of like when Tim had his animation friendly style. Remember, he was like, this is my 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 younger reader style, and I'm like, no, it looks exactly like the forums did. It was less lines. Less lines, I guess, but it looked like his drawing. But uh, all the forms were the same. Yeah. Um, I am completely blanking on two words that I need. When something is... When you can't uh, uh, cannot observe something without having a personal stake in it? Uh, subjective. Yeah, subjective and objective. That's word, words I'm looking for. <laughs> so, yeah... Uh, Style, you know, and especially whether or not style is good or not, is is completely subjective. You know, um, because I mean, you can have you know a room with ten people in it and show them all somebody who's considered like say a great artist, and you might get ten different opinions on it. You know, and some of those people will probably not like it if they're chosen randomly. You know? 
because I mean, and I, that's not even talking about like technical stuff. Like the t- the technical process of something you can master because that's that's a finite thing, right? Um, so you can look at something and say that the the brushwork on it is technically really good, but you don't like the style that is as it's applied, or something like that. You know, like if you're listening to a musician, like how I feel about some of the, the current crop of I don't know what you call them, math rock. Animals as leaders and stuff like that, um, where it's super clinical and technical, but I don't like it because it, it is so clinical. It's not clinical like in the way a drum machine is. It's clinical like to the point where I, I can appreciate it as an exercise and, and technique. Yeah. But that's about it, you know. So I kind of rambled off the track there. You always do. Yeah, it's worse lately though. Um, but uh, I don't know what else I was gonna say. I don't know, Mike. So uh, yeah, how you want to work this uh, recording an album thing? I don't know. How do you? I don't know. Are you gonna write them and I'm just gonna play? I don't know. I mean, that would be easiest on me. <laughs> Honestly. Asking me, I mean, unless I happen to have something in my back pocket that fits in with whatever else you're working on. So I've come across this weird quirk in Illustrator. Yeah. I can't quite figure. Um, for some things I use batch jobs for, so I don't have to sit there and press buttons all, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually for like, uh, for instance, the thing I just did, where I, I finalized my files and I'm, I'm getting ready to output them to send them to the publisher. Yeah. When I'm working in Illustrator, <clears throat> I've got stuff all over the outside of the artboard, like balloon shapes, and, or not balloon shapes mostly, but um, uh, SFX examples, color swatches, you know, the script itself was off to one side. Um, if I've got complicated captioning boxes, I'll usually make them in line sizes, like a one line, two line, three line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that way I don't have to re- completely resize them every time if they're complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've got all this junk on the outside that I use, outside of the airport. Um, special voices, stuff like that. I, I don't want to just... I've seen people, actually. At, Alan Pasolacqua sent me something that he had one time that was... Uh, um, I opened it up because he was telling me about it, how it had all this stuff on the outside of the art, like where the letterer had sent this thing the final thing without cleaning up the files. I'm like, really? Man, I would never do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anyway, but I've got a batch job that basically selects everything outside of the artboard and deletes it and then resaves the file. And uh, that's just an an example. And that's what I, one I just did here because I'm cleaning up the files. But since I started using those, um, those badges up at the top to tell the page number and stuff like that and the issue number, I have to, delete those before I can send them on, you know, as well. And, uh, or output print files or do whatever. I have to delete that badge because that can't show up in print. Um, for some reason, and I've got a batch job for it, which was easy enough, but for some reason on that particular batch job, AI wants to crash during it all the time. Hmm. Which can be a real pain in the ass because if, if, and it doesn't do it consistently either, which is another weird thing, but it does it often enough that, and that's the only batch job I run that it does that on, you know? So I don't know exactly what it is, because 
the batch is basically just saying open the document, delete the top layer, um, close and save. Mm-hmm. No, no big deal, right? It's it's less complicated than the remove all this extra crap outside of the artboard, close and save batch. Uh, mm. Less data to deal with, you know. Data. But um, for some reason, Dirt. it likes to choke on it. And I don't know why. And, and for a single issue, it's not terrible if I have to manually open, delete, and close and save. Mm-hmm. But like when I was outputting Rock Gods, because I was outputting it like so many files, there was I, I just had to keep babysitting the damn thing because I, I was like, there's no way I'm going to open all these manually and save them. Because <laughs> that was a what, 180 something pages, mm. I think 180 minus the the extra stuff. So yeah, it was just like I don't know, man. It's just a weird like one of those weird program quirks. I don't know why it does it. Good story, huh? You know, you know, not really. But I mean, I thought it. I mean, I think it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's important to know these things about you. Well, now that I've really set the bar low, let me tell you about my cooking company. Oh, it's called. Okay, I'll tell you the title because that's the part that makes me laugh. Okay. And again, understand that this came from looking at a map of Ohio. So, um, there are two places in Ohio. One's called Parma, P-A-R-M-A. Yep, uh, we used to work with a guy from Parma. Okay. Um, Parma, uh, Parma is near Cleveland. Yeah, it's up north, up, up in that area, Toledo, Cle- Cleveland area and stuff like that. Um, and also to the west, I believe, of Ohio, there's an Oregon, Ohio. And somehow that, I, when I, I saw those on a map when I was looking up something else one time. And that got convoluted in my head to do a cooking comedy called Parmesan in Oregon, Ohio, but Ohio just the initials, OH. So Parmesan and Oregano? <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? Parmesan in Oregon, Ohio. Oregon. I'm angry. I'm angry at this. I, I think it's going to be a good cooking comedy. No, it's not, but I'm I'm mad about it. Why are you mad about it? I'm just I'm mad. I'm gonna get you for this. And, and if it if there's visuals in it, I want the visuals to look like Sean Dove. No, I don't like any of this now. I'm very angry. Ooh, I wonder if I can slip the double double down dove into it. Nobody even remembers the double down. <laughs> well perfect. <laughs> Of course, I might get sued by Frisch's. Is that still around? Not Frisch's, sorry, Big Boy. But yeah, we do have a Frisch, Frisch's. Big Boy. But, yeah. Although Sean really doesn't look as much like Big Boy as he used to. His hair is getting gray, it's funny. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't think he'd ever age. Yeah, I didn't either. I think it's the baby in the house. Oh, <laughs> well. Mark Mortgage can do that to you, man. He went through like, <coughs> like three of the most like life-altering events. Life-altering events within like well, four because he, he got married too. All right, so he got married, got cancer, bought a house, and then had a baby. Wait, didn't, within... didn't they have the baby and then bought the house? 
Did they? Yeah, I think they had the baby first, and then they bought the house. Oh, uh, okay, I forget. But yeah, four like super major life events in the course of what three years, two years, three years. Yeah. Pretty wild. He's actually handling it a lot better than I would have. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have had the aplomb if he has. The aplomb. You can tell. Yeah. I, you can tell I've been watching old stuff. Because <coughs> I'm tight, or was that a cough? It was a cough. If it was a cough, you can go screw yourself. What? But if it was a sneeze, then because I'm tight. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Well, you know, hacking in my ear like that, man. Damn. But uh, anyway, Parmesan and. Oregon, Ohio. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Spicy cooking comedy. I just wanted you to say it so that I could come out and tell you how much I hate it. I think Stankeroni will make an appearance. No! Oh, fuck. Ooh, uh, that'll be my other hook on theirs. It'll have actual recipes. I, uh, I hate this. <clears throat> Things you can actually make after reading it. Or watching it. Whatever it turns out to be. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Like a comedic Julia Childs. Yeah. Or a comedic uh, Betty. There's Betty, not any. Um, Betty Crocker. I hate you. There's not any um, email this week. I thought there might be, but there's not. That's fine. Wasn't really expecting any. You know, just because. Um, I'm. Did you have anything in store? Have you? No, I don't think so. This week, what was this week? Let's see. I'm looking at the list for twelve twenty-eight. Did uh does Patrick still do his Christmas party? Uh, he started back this year. Cool. Did you go? I did go. How was that? It was nice. It felt like nature was healing. Good. I like the ones I went to. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, I, I assume you got his Christmas song this year, right? <laughs> I haven't listened to it actually. Oh, watch the video. <laughs> okay, it's a uh, something. <laughs> he, he he has a style. Well, he went he went a little uh, extreme this year. Oh boy! And uh, what's the, what's his nephew's name? Parker. Which is hard to believe he's grown up now. Man. Uh, yeah. Talk about feeling old. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they, Parker made the video and, and they, they told him, what was it? He's got like a, a spiel about how the video was made, but they, uh, they basically told him that they weren't going to have anything to do with it and he should just go wild. And so he did. <laughs> and know, cool. It's, it's not what you'd call sexy, but it's sexy. <laughs> oh, no. Sexful? Maybe. I don't like that. Sextastic? Mm, no. Sextuplet. Yeah, that's what it is. Sextuplet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. It's funny. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm scrolling through the, the lists of things here. I'm scrolling. Yes, indeed, I'm scrolling. Yep, yep. Huh. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I was looking at Image Comics and I saw 20th Century. Or I saw the 20th, I'm thinking, that's not even right. Their anniversary thing. 
Oh, but the Image 30th Anniversary Anthology number 9 is in stores this week, and I think there's a Hackslash story in there. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, it should be running now, I believe. Um, and uh, Marvel had a good week. Wow, lots of stuff. Ooh, what's Tiger Division? I don't know. I've heard of it, though. It's a Marvel book. I like the title. It's evocative. Evocative of tigers. Yes. And divisions. I do love divisions. I kind of think it's always... Well, not always interesting. It's it's interesting, though, when they... Um... Oh, that's weird. When I go to mouse over the cover, it brings up a all-out Avengers instead with... Is evil Captain Marvel a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. She, she looks pretty evil. Maybe she was um, mad. Oh. So this is like, I mean, at least it's completely new to me. It's some sort of um, South Korean defender team. Hmm. And I don't know, I don't know any of these characters. Somebody called Taikuki? 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 Nope. Lady Bright? Nope. Mr. Enigma? No. The General. Oh, he's got insurance for your ass. Hell yeah. Uh, Gun Gun R2. Mm-mm, no. Uh, and then they're joined by fan favorites White Fox. No. Luna Snow. No. Okay. I don't... So this is like new. That's interesting. I mean, Marvel's launching something new. Hmm. Which, I mean, they do from time to time, but they don't do it very often, you know? That's not just like a rehash of other teams or characters or whatever? I'm guessing it's for emerging audiences. Yeah, probably. But, um, I don't, you know, I, I find that interesting. Good luck to them. Good on them. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks good on you. Good on you. Um... Also, West of Sundown number seven was in stores this week. Okay. Speaking of old man Jim Terry. Jim Terry, old man. Old man Jim Terry. Jim Terry. Jim Terry. Jim Terry. Jim Terry. Jim Jim Terry. Jim Terry. Jake Sully. <laughs> uh anyway. So okay, I guess that's it for this year, huh? Bye. Do you do you have any highlights for this year, Mike? No. Uh, this year, uh, I felt like I finally felt like I was starting to get better, like oh. mentally after you know so many years of duress. And uh, and you had so the, uh, the hopefully MS- I can get my shit together this next year. Yeah. And you had the MST3K gig. Yep. That was probably equal parts thrilling and frustrating. Yep. Um, much of my year has been a blur. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it started to move again, which it doesn't feel like it has in the last couple of years. I'm just trying to think of something that would be like a highlight for the year for me. I don't exactly know what it was. Huh. Interesting. Mine's been making your life miserable. That's been a highlight for me. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, you will. You like it. 
yeah, that, that's been a highlight for me too. Like making my life. Like it. Like I got to work on a Simon and Schuster book. I guess that was a highlight. That was kind of cool. I uh, found out that other books I've worked on have been distributed by Simon and Schuster. So. It doesn't really mean anything, but technically I was already having stuff through Simon & Schuster, I guess. Oh. Now if I could just break into the book market, like, more frequently. Because I tell you, man, that's where the money's at. How do you know? Because I made some good bank on that Simon & Schuster job. Oh, you did? I mean, compared to my normal comics work, yeah. Mm. That was also equal parts frustrating and and fulfilling. Frustrating because they have very particular in-house style as far as the type goes. So, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't do all the things that I would normally do with a comic book text, like, to indicate different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, italics, molds, sizing things, you know, stuff like that. I had to stick to a much more condensed format, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of frustrating. So... Um, frustrating to the point that I actually used a different name on the book to keep it separate from my comic book stuff. My normal comic book stuff. Really? I, it was still my name. I just used my middle name. You used your name instead of your... Well, just my last name. Yeah. And I, I didn't use my full name. I used my middle name and my last name. Um, really? Just because I felt like it was different enough, I didn't want people reading that thing to confuse it for my comic work. Or my, huh. my my mainstream comics work. Well, not mainstream. Right? I don't know if I would have done that. It was a choice at the end of the book where I got done with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I did a good job on the book. The book came out good. I just felt like it was different enough that it wasn't representative of my normal brand. Hmm. Which, you know, I mean, when you're a freelance in an art field, you are your brand, right? You know. Hmm. So um, I, I just wanted the difference noted, I guess, you know. It's all still me. It's not like I, I made up a completely different name. Like like Michael Moorcock used to do it all the time because he wrote so much different pulp and stuff like that. Yeah. He just he had like a dozen different pseudonyms he'd use for stuff that he didn't necessarily want his main brand to take credit for. So. If you say so. Yeah. But uh, working on that was a highlight, you know. Got to know Ray for a little bit better. Working, working directly with him on stuff. Between that and Rock Gods. He's a little weirdo, isn't he? A little bit, but he ain't too different from me. Yeah, you're a little weirdo, too. I um, lost count of the number of times I just shouted out, Damn it, Raver! While I was working on stuff. Yep. Um, I Oh, I bought a Rickenbacker base. That's a highlight. That's true. I just Check I, out you. I, I've played it so infrequently since I got it, I forgot I had it for a moment. <laughs> hey. So I, I I achieved a life goal. You did achieve a life goal. Um, which was you know that's that's definitely a highlight. You yeah need to play it some more. I do, I do indeed. Okay, well you know my parents are still alive and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, I'm still alive. You're still alive. Yep. Yeah. Is this going to be the year you get a kitten? Probably not. I think it is. I'm still having having trouble getting a handle on taking care of myself. You know? No, you're never going to do that. So you got to get a kitten. 
I mean, imagine if I would have had a pet and not clean my house for months. That would have been terrible, dude. Yeah. For, and if I got a cat, like, forgetting to clean the cat box and stuff. Man. I don't think you forget. I wanted a corgi, but I found out that corgis really aren't that great indoor dog pets. Hmm. They're very, very vocal, mostly. Why do you want a corgi? Because I think corgis are tiny and cute. They are tiny and cute. I mean, they're not tiny, tiny like a pug's tiny, but they're small, smaller dogs. Yeah. And they got that cute little barrel body and that pointy face. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I could get one of those little, uh, what do they call those, those little schnauzer things? Those are tiny dogs. Schnauzers? Is that what I'm thinking of? I mean, I had a schnauzer. They're not tiny. That might not be what I'm thinking of. Pug size. Oh, well, pug size is tiny. Hmm. That's what I consider a tiny dog, is a pug. Ninja wasn't tiny. Well, there's not much that's smaller, right? I mean, maybe some chihuahuas. Yeah, there are plenty of that are smaller. Like Shih Tzus and stuff, they're all tinier than pug. Shih Tzus aren't that tiny, are they? They can be. Yorkies. Yorkies, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yorkies are just stupid dogs. When I said schnauzer. Yorkies are super hyper, though, aren't they? Yeah, most of those little tiny dogs are. I don't know if I can take Hyper. You should get one of those little tiny greyhounds. They have tiny greyhounds? Yeah. Huh. All they want to do is sleep and cuddle. (laughs) And poop. And eat. I'm sure that's part of it. Maybe I could go the other route and get one of those giant mastiff dogs. You could do that. (laughs) Those ones that need like their own king-size bed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, ride them. Yeah. Because, you know, those big, 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 big dogs usually seem pretty damn chill, man. A lot of them are, yeah. I don't know. I had a German Shepherd when I was a kid. That's always an option. That German Shepherd will kick you out of your own house. They are pretty tough dogs, man. Uh, yeah, that dog will be like, uh, you are not pulling your own weight around here. <laughs> the German Shepherd as Taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Probably won't get a pet at all, though. Unless, yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, unless maybe it's a robot pet. Robopet? Robopet. Um, oh, and just in case uh, anybody else out there and cares, uh, and you happen to hear this in the time... By the time I post it, whatever. Uh, comic Crafts, uh, comicbookfonts.com is having their annual New Year's sale tonight, starting tonight, sometime. Which uh, they sell all of their fonts individually, of course, but all their fonts prices are set to whatever the upcoming year is. So, like, you can buy $160, one of their fonts, it's like $160 normally, and get it for $20.23. Get it. So, uh, that's pretty cool. I usually pick up a few things every year. Um, yeah, actually, I think it's going on. It's going on right now. I'm seeing prices at 2023. So, um, but yeah, that's cool because I mean, the, the the funny part of their thing though is even if the font is normally less than 2023 for some reason, it will now also be 2023. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, hope everybody has a good New Year. Me too. And uh, we will speak to you next week, I'm going to say. 
next year. Next year, definitely sometime. <laughs> I'm going to say narrow it down a little and say probably next week. Um, yeah, goodbye. Goodbye, we love you.